1: My guest today is Sylvia Brown, the number one New York Times best-selling author and world-famous psychic medium who appears regularly on shows like The Montel Williams Show, Larry King Live, as well as many others. With her down-to-earth personality and her great sense of humor, Sylvia thrills audiences on her lecture tours and has still time to write numerous books. Her latest release, Psychic, My Life in Two Worlds, is one of three new books that she'll be uh, unapologetically... No Holds Barredly, Memoiring, that candidly discuss the deeper personal and professional experiences that she has never revealed in public. I'd like to welcome Sylvia Brown to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Sylvia.
2: Oh, thank you, dear.
1: I appreciate you being on. I know that you are just a a busy woman and you travel all over the world supporting individuals in in getting answers and understanding so much of the difference between this side and the other side. What brought you to decide to reveal your story now?
2: Well, I think, Simi, I think the thing about it is I wanted, you know, in this day and age with a lot of, uh, I don't know, I see a lot of people very disenchanted with uh, uh, churches and dogma, and I think it gives a climate for people to search for a cult. You know, people who say they're Jesus and uh, Mohammedan and whoever. Um, And I wanted people to know that just because I can be psychic about you or anybody else, that I have to go through the same trials and tribulations that everybody else does. It's it's very much like a, a doctor can't operate on themselves. So I wanted them to know that I was human, you know.
1: And that very much seems to be the case when when we go to people, um, regardless of whether it is a psychic medium or whether it is um, even a doctor or whether it is a counselor, most often when they're having to approach their own challenges, um, it is not as easy to see clearly. But that is also part of what makes them so good at what they do because we teach what we're here to learn.
2: Oh, sure. And I think if I hadn't gone through a lot of things, How could I be uh, sympathetic with anybody else? Do you see what I'm saying? I I couldn't. I asked my guide once. I said, why couldn't I have just read a book about it? She said, no, you have to experience it.
1: And, and why is it that, that the experiences have to be so challenging? You know, right now people are really going through difficult times economically. There's so yeah. much more health crisis. The world seems to be in turmoil. Our our environment, the weather system seem to be going kiflui. Why is it such a challenging place to be?
2: Well, I think I mean, when I was a girl growing up in Missouri, my uh, spirit guide said to me, this is where hell is. Um, And she said, this is really the insane asylum of the universe. And she Mm -hmm. said, people who um, deem to come down here to reincarnate learn faster than they would in in an ideal, you know, situation. So I always tell my people, you got to pat yourself on the back for having courage to come down here to this nut place. Because, you know, whenever you go to a tough school, you learn more.
1: Well, and, and you used the word school, so is that is it as if our spirit is growing in a curriculum when we choose to yes, come here? Or yes, is this just absolutely.
2: Yeah, that's it. Well, the harder the lessons, the more you're... I always love the prayer of my soul does magnify the Lord. I think the more you go through, the more your soul expands. Because haven't you ever gone through something, you know it's coming down the hill, and you think, oh, I can't do this one, and, and yet you get to the other side of it, and you should be proud of yourself that you even survived it.
1: Well, and it, it is really sometimes such a great challenge to undergo things like relationships or, you know, witnessing a child in crisis.
2: Absolutely. And so,
1: so often we wonder, why would we even choose something like that, and do we choose it?
2: Yes, we do choose. We choose everything, but the soul on the other side is in total bliss. You know, I mean, they're happy, and I think being happy, I'm sure we say, oh, yeah, I can handle this, I can handle that. And then we get down here and we say, you know, oh, God, why did I do that? I mean, you know, even in school, you know, in college, you say, oh, yeah, I'll take physics and calculus and speech. And then we get in there and we say, oh, my God, why did I choose those subjects? And then your counselor said, see, well, you better do it or you won't graduate.
1: And when we choose the subjects that we want to take, um, and, and I'm assuming it would be things like lessons on forgiveness or learning how to love or learning how to have more yes, compassion. Right? Yes, right. If we don't get it in this lifetime, do, do we? Then
2: we come back and get it.
1: So we'll recreate situations until we really get that lesson before we can move Absolutely.
2: on to the next one. exactly. I think it's it's like levels of school. You know, I think that's why uh, people take a lot of lives, not because they're bad. It's because they just want to learn all that they have to learn for God to advance their soul.
1: And are there, uh, as we move back into um, the other side, are we able to then reflect on this life to truly oh, sure. be sure? We
2: know to... everything. We know all our lives and what we've accomplished. And what I have noticed in the last 15, 20 years, I said this in one of the last Montel shows, is in the last 20 years, I've seen more people on their last life than I've ever seen in all 55 years that I've been doing this publicly. I've been 74 years a psychic, but publicly, and, and my son. Christopher, who is a psychic, says the same thing. We've seen more people on their last life than we've ever seen. So I think people are really done. You know, a lot of people are just done.
1: And when you're saying that we're just done, is it that they've chosen to no longer come back, or they have evolved right. to a place that they now Yeah, they've moving.
2: evolved, yeah, that they can go on to the other side and live, you know, as crazy as happily ever after.
1: It does seem that more and more people are inclined towards books about um that are empowering or subjects that are regarding the paranormal. Oh um, yeah. Is it is it a just a time in history where this is occurring or is it instigated because of a lot of the crises and things that are going on in the world?
2: Well I, I think it's both. You know, I mean and like my guide says, the more people come towards spirituality the more the veil breaks down because in my readings and, and in thousands of emails that I get Uh, People talk about ghosts and spirits and the other side, and you never used to hear that before. You know, Montel and I were talking about that the other day, because I was with him 17 years. I've known him 22 years. I mean, you remember when we first started, nobody ever got up and said, do I have a spirit guide? Do I have angels around me? You know, people are just more inclined to believe, you know, that God is love, that It's not this complicated thing. It's like we say, because I'm a Gnostic Christian, it's just love God and do good and then go home. That's all you have to do in this life.
1: And that seems like such a simple philosophy. My guest today is Sylvia Brown. She's a world-renowned spiritual teacher, psychic, author, lecturer, and researcher in the field of parapsychology. She's well-known for her dynamic, genuine, down-to-earth style and personality. She's done many public appearances each year and several television show appearances constantly. She is a wonderful and amazing writer with over 50 published works resulting from her research into parapsychology with 22 of those appearing on the New York Times bestseller list. These books include Adventures of a Psychic, The Other Side and Back, Life on the Other Side, Book of Dreams, and many more. You can find out more about Sylvia Brown at her website, sylvia.org. In addition, you can look into a wonderful spiritual journey to the mystical lands of Israel and Egypt. This is taking place October 17th through 30th and it will be the trip of a lifetime and the last time Sylvia will be traveling to this part of the world if you have interest in the spiritual journey to the mystical lands of Israel and Egypt then call David Smith at 847-404-4938 that's 847-404-4938 for any other information on her books and other events please go to sylvia.org or sylviabrown.com we'll be right back with Sylvia Brown
0: Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh.
1: What goes on on this side of the veil and how is that reflected on the other side of the veil? Is our Earth planet really a representation of what's going on on the other side? Sylvia's philosophy of life is based upon research into past lives via hypnosis and through the information obtained via Sylvia's deep trance channeling ability – From thousands of hypnotic regressions and hundreds of trance sessions, the fact of reincarnation was established as the key to understanding life. Sylvia accepts reincarnation as a central theme in her philosophy, yet this belief is never forced upon anyone who doesn't want to hear it. Sylvia, when it comes to looking at our planet, You know, this really is supposedly the most beautiful place that was ever created, but is it more beautiful on the other side? Is it a representation of what's on the other side of the
2: No, it's almost a reflection, except it doesn't have uh, smog and smoke and, uh, you know, nobody's unhappy, nobody's drinking, nobody's uh, killing anybody. Animals are there. It's certainly a place where the the lion does lie down with the lamb, you know. I mean, the only difference is it's the uh, uh, architecture is Romanesque. And, you know, it's not only from um, hypnotherapy, but I've gotten the information from thousands of people who projected projected, uh, people who've seen it in dreams. Um, so, you know, and it, this is from not only a person who's Hindu, Muslim, uh, Episcopalian, and that's when I began to write because I thought these people can't all be uh, imagining this, you know, because a lot of uh, scientists said, well, sure, in the death and dying, um, they all see the same thing because are part of the brain. Well, you know, I, I don't care. You can give 50 people uh, a drug and they'll all go different. So, you know, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but everybody sees the same topography. It's just like here. They have the oceans, uh, you know, the hills, the Rocky Mountains, except it's not it's not destroyed, you know what I mean? The, the waters are clear, you know, everything. See, we've just destroyed this planet. We really have. We've cut down the rainforest. We've just, you know, mutilated this.
1: And how do the light beings on the other side, or how does God... View what we've done to our planet,
2: well, God gave us this place, but you know God is all loving and all understanding, so I'm sure God knew that we would have to come to this, you know because if that isn't true, then God isn't all knowing, but people always are concerned too that God you know won't forgive God is already forgiven
1: well and and you say that God created this place for us and in in most situations, and I believe it was in your uh, book, exploring the levels of creation, you talk about every place does reach a point of destruction where it does have to end, and something new evolves from that. Is that where yes. we are in our history?
2: Yes, exactly. Well, look at even your cultures: the Sumerians, the uh, Persians, the Roman. It seems like everything hits a peak. Even people will hit a peak, and then they go. Not downward all all the time, but then they just sort of, you know, go straight line out. You know, we have a certain amount of time to have good times, bad times, desert period, heartache, joy. You know, it seems to be the roller coaster of life.
1: With all of the conversation that's taking place about 2012, are we nearing an end of time, or is that just um, did the calendar run out?
2: (laughs) No, the calendar ran out. They just saw the disk. They just didn't have any more room, and I think they ran out of ink. I mean, it's if I had a nickel, honest to God, for everybody that said the world was coming to an end, I'd be a wealthy woman. No, it's not going to be anything.
1: But we we can't take lightly the actions that we are putting out in the world in really destroying this place. And if we do continue this behavior, we will create what so many people are fearing to happen.
2: Yeah, well, I don't think, you know, it's like our, our Lord said twice, in fact, that no one can ever foretell the end of the world. But I'm telling you, just by logic, you can see that, the way we're destroying everything, I don't think we have more than 100 years left to this planet.
1: What would it take for the people of this planet to really switch tracks of where our, our, our planet's well, going
2: to Well, there at? are so many people doing so many things, but see, I don't want to be a pessimist, but I think it's too late. You know, I mean, I think you get to the point where you... You know, you break a ceramic dish, how, how many times, I mean, how can you glue it back together? Do you see what I'm saying? It's just, it's gone beyond the pale. It's just a mess, but that doesn't mean we can't hold it at bay for as long as we can, because there are people now, but they're but we also, people are very complacent. You know, they just figure, oh well, let somebody else take care of it.
1: So probably our biggest disease on the planet right now is our apathy and our uncaring.
2: Exactly. You know, let somebody else handle it.
1: Why is it that people have gotten to be such so uncaring or so apathetic about things? Is it because they themselves have gotten so deadened?
2: Well, I think they've gone through so much. And like I said, I think people are so many on their last life, they're just worn out, they're tired. I don't think during the day when I do 20 readings a day, and my son too, that I don't talk to people that are tired, just tired, exhausted, you know. And um, I think part of that has to do with the atmosphere, part of it has to do with diet, but I think they're just tired of being here. I mean, they've just gone through everything.
1: Sure, sure. And that, and that would be understandable with all of the things that are going on in the world. Well, you know, how
2: many times can you go to the fair? You know, I mean, how many times can you go to the movies or, and see the same thing? I mean, they're just they're just worn out with it.
1: With, with your trips that you take, such as your spiritual journey to uh, Israel and Egypt, when, when people take trips like that, uh, they're very spiritual journeys.
2: Yes. It, are very, things
1: like that the type of thing that can rejuvenate us, that can help bring some oh, of that? Oh, God, yes. And
2: then and I've never been more excited about a trip than this one because, see, I'm always with all the people. I mean, you know, I heard about someone, I won't mention his name, but he rides in a limo behind the buses. I said, that's wrong. I mean, I eat with the people. I lecture them. I let them ask questions, you know. Um, it's just... Uh, a togetherness, you know, and not only that, but I know so many people in that part of the world because Dr. Zahi Awas is a good friend of mine, and I can get people into places that no one else can. I can get them beneath the sinks. I can get them, you know, even in the Holy Land. And but, it truly is a spiritual journey.
1: And what do you gain from it when you take these journeys and you take people? There, There must be some also benefit that you receive through these... Oh,
2: there's everybody that I ever meet or talk to, you learn from. You know, if I ever got to the point that I didn't have passion about what I was doing, you know, and and learn from people too, you know, I, I just quit doing it, you know, uh, but I love it so much.
1: But what you do must take a toll from time to time just because you do spend some enormous hours doing what you do. It must be draining also in, in doing the readings. I, I'm not sure if it is or not. I've, I've never done that type of work. Uh, but how do you rejuvenate yourself, and what is the spiritual practice that you have to keep yourself going?
2: Well, I I don't know, because you see, I've always been this way. So I think when you're born this way, you don't know what it's like to be, in quotes, normal, whatever that means. So I've always had an enormous amount of energy, you know, and I don't know if I, what I do, when I need to rejuvenate is when I get off the phone, then I start writing sometimes by just changing into another, you know, facet or multitasking sort of thing, then then you do get rejuvenated. I don't think you have to lie flat on your back. That's kind of depressing or sit and watch TV for four hours or even sit and chant for three hours. I'd much rather go with my ministers to a convalescent hospital or something. See, changing uh, the venue sometimes rejuvenates you.
1: Well, and, you know, people often say that depression is really a cry for creativity or a cry for action. And because you do stay very active in the world, in addition to your spiritual work, do you think that that is a template that some could use to counteract Absolutely. the enormous I tell them depression? All the
2: time. I said, you know, if you sit and think about yourself all the time, then that is a really good um, you know, uh prescription for um, depression. That's why I've read so many things on uh depression. They say even these uh, you know, antidepressants don't do any good. They gave a whole big study on um, the English Journal, an American Journal, um, American Medical, and they said they gave a whole group of placebos and a whole group of uh, uh, antidepressants, and they didn't see any difference in either one. So, you know, I think it's, we've become such a drug society, you know.
1: We have, I don't
2: have. think that if you have, for God's sake, if you have, uh, diabetes you shouldn't take your insulin but I, I think there's so many of these what we call designer drugs that we don't need
1: well and I agree I think that we we oftentimes turn to drugs when, when there are other methods but we also have to understand that there's value in those in certain cases as well
2: absolutely depression itself means to press down you know I mean it's, it depresses you down for a while so that maybe you do get you know some uh, rest or whatever but um, a lot of times when you tell people that uh, I've seen so much depression that's carried over, to from past lives. You know, my book, Past Lives, Future Healing, um, describes that in detail. You know, people get to a certain point in their life when something happened in past life, and for some reason they get anxious and depressed, and they don't know why. It's because they've carried over that cell memory.
1: Well, and and with many people in their cell memory, they're they're bringing back not only past lives, but also generational issues. And so how do we go through life combating those things when sometimes we don't even know where our illnesses or our depressions are coming from? They may not even be this lifetime.
2: No. Yeah, it can be another lifetime or this life, but I... I've done this even on Montel's show, and every single person came back to me. All you have to do when you go to bed at night, as simplistic as this sounds, is say, Dear God, any negativity that I've absorbed from this life, let right it be absorbed in the White Lion Holy Spirit. You can't believe how that gets rid of the abscess that's in the soul.
1: Any negativity that I've absorbed in this lifetime or the other, please to yes. with the Holy Spirit. Yes. And those are some wise and beautiful words that you can take to heart every single night when you go to bed, as you remember Sylvia Brown. She is my guest today on 1111 Talk Radio and has written numerous books, 50. 50-odd books uh, appearing on the New York Times bestseller list are 22 of those. Her latest book is now a story about herself and her own life called Psychic, My Life in Two Worlds. You can um, get that by going to her website, sylvia.org, and you can also find out about some of the specials that Sylvia and her son Chris have on psychic readings. If you're interested in having a reading, you can contact their office at 408-379-7070. That's four zero eight three seven nine seven zero seven zero. She also has an event where you can spend the day with Sylvia at her spiritual salon. This is held in her office, uh, October second, two thousand and ten, and there will be a trance with Sylvia's spirit guide. In addition, journey to Israel and Egypt on a spiritual journey in the mystical lands, October seventeenth through thirtieth, two thousand and ten. This will be a trip of a lifetime, and the last time Sylvia will be traveling to this part of the world. Find out more about these things and all of her books, MP3s, audios, and other wonderful tools and and pieces that she offers the public at her website, sylvia.org.
0: We'll be right back with
1: Sylvia Brown.
0: Listening on a Higher Dimension, Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11 22 33 444
3: Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today.
0: Be extraordinary. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Sylvia Brown is
1: the president of Sylvia Brown Corporation and is the founder of her church, the Society of Nova Spiritus. You can contact her at sylvia.org and you can also call 408-379-7070 for more information about her work. Definitely pick up any of her books, Um, and her latest release is Psychic, My Life in Two Worlds, where she reveals her own intimate, unapologetic, no-holds-barred memoir that discusses deeper personal and professional experiences that she's never revealed to the public before. In addition, you can find out about some of her other books, including The Truth About Psychics, Temples on the Other Side, and many more about angels, ghosts. Pets, meditations, all kinds of things, wonderful, wonderful books that Sylvia Brown has graced us with throughout her lifetime. Sylvia, we were talking about how we carry things generationally forward, and you gave us a a wonderful prayer to say at night uh, before going to bed. Where does karma fall into everything?
2: People have made such a big to-do about karma. You know, karma dies with each lifetime. And then you have to be careful that you don't build up more karma. You know, and then I also say in the morning, you know, dear God, please keep my channel clean and please don't let me, you know, do anything to hurt anyone. Um, And then I'm on my way. I don't have time to sit and uh, chant all day, and not that I'm against it, but I think it's more beneficial to be active rather than passive, you know, because passive, you're just doing this for yourself. And I think the only way to find yourself, I think there's a, a contract between you and God. It's almost like God said, if you take care of mine, I'll take care of you. And I know that to be
1: true. As you been doing the readings in, in the past couple of years, have you seen a change in terms of the topics or the focus that people come to you with? Is it very self-centered or are we getting to...
2: Oh no, people are asking me if they're on track, how's their spirituality. I never used to hear that years ago. People want to know, Sylvia, am I on track? Am I doing the right thing? You know, and I the one thing that I wish more than anything that I could leave behind is for people to quit putting humanized traits on God. You know, they make God vengeful, mean, cranky, unforgiving. It can't be that way. God's all perfect, the prima mobile. He's the unmoved mover. He's all love, all forgiveness, all caring. You know, uh, the minute you start putting humanized traits on God,
1: you've lost it. And to stay connected to God in, in the way that you do, or if we wanted to open up to our, our own spirit guides, which I'm assuming we all have guides, it's just whether or not we tap into them. Right. How, how best does someone open up to their own gifts and abilities?
2: I think it's just to be quiet. Ask a question and then be quiet, and the answer will come. I don't think there's any person that's listening to us or anywhere, for that matter, that hasn't had gut-level feelings or um, get a twinge about something right or wrong. But, see, a lot of times they don't take their first impressions, and they're sorry. And that's really God's cell phone to us, you know. But, see, we've been taught not to take our first impression, and that's always the one that's the valid one.
1: And so as we start to trust those gut-level reactions and we... Uh, make our decisions based on them, it increases in strength?
2: Sure. The more you use it, it's like a muscle, the more it gets stronger.
1: Wonderful. And in in tapping into that ability, so many people will say, well, I just I want to hear God or I want to speak to my angels or I want to do this. Do we need to know why we want to do this or do we have to ask for it?
2: Yeah, I I you don't necessarily have to ask for it. I think your guides are always ticker taping messages across your mind. You don't always have to hear, Hi Sylvia, how are you doing? No, no. Um, I think haven't you ever had a a period where you woke up in the morning or you were somewhere and you say, Oh, there is the answer, it was right in front of me. Well that's
1: the guide trying
2: to push it through.
1: And, and that 's how we and you 've often said too that if we hear something more than once that 's a message trying to come to us
2: absolutely i 've always said if you hear something two or three times that 's a message
1: many uh, of my listeners have emailed in and when I mentioned that I was going to be having you on, and they have certain questions, and one of them that was repeated was, you know what do I have to be a vegetarian? Do I have to stop drinking wine? you know what is the place that really gets me to be in a place of Of spirituality, where I'm connecting more deeply to all things.
2: Do you think it
1: makes a difference?
2: No, no, I don't believe. um, And I, you know, I mean, if you're going to be a vegetarian, you have to eat enough soy or tofu or whey or something because the body has to uh, have protein because we are protein entities. That's why God gave us canine teeth. I have found a Uh, vegans that uh, I don't know their blood sugar goes sky everything you know we can't uh, build our immune system by just being a vegetarian I don't think you it's like the Greeks say everything in moderation I don't think you have to jog to your nuts and you know all that stuff everything is in moderation you know you have to move your body do some exercise eat right I really believe that you should eat protein. I always believe in the lighter proteins, you know, like chicken, fish, turkey, eggs. Of course, eggs are kind of a suspect right now, but and then eat a vegetable and a fruit because it's the sugars that is killing us, you know, the carbos and the and the starches are killing us. That's why we have so much obesity.
1: And in in understanding that with what you're saying then we really need to embrace our human experience Along with our spirituality. So many people think that uh, they have to deny themselves so much if they're planning to be spiritual, but it is part of balancing out that human experience and that
2: spiritual experience. You can't just, our Lord called it a temple, you can't just let it crumble down. I mean, after all, we live in this. I always call it a car. You know, we want the transmission to work, we want to put gas and the right fuel in it so it'll carry it through. So it's like mind, body, spirit, you know.
1: And where does prayer play into all of this? Are we praying for God or are we praying for ourselves?
2: We're praying to elevate ourselves to God. God's always with us. Prayer just helps us ascend closer to God.
1: So when we pray, we're actually lifting our own vibration up so that we can connect.
2: Absolutely. And And we then are getting closer to God.
1: Does God have a purpose for each one of us? Is there something when we come to this planet that we just must do?
2: Oh, yeah, that's our contract with God. You know, we all have themes. We can take on the theme of humanitarian or rejection or experiencer, or, but we have a certain amount of, um, you know, in other words, it's like school. You take on uh, themes, in other words, that you want to perfect in this lifetime.
1: And if if a person has gotten off track or really doesn't feel as if they know what their purpose is, how do they reconnect to that?
2: Well, that's what I call the desert period. And a lot of people go through that. I've gone through it. You think, what the hell's going on? Where the hell am I? What the hell am I doing? But if they just weather it through, just survive it, all of a sudden it breaks through. you know, And then you say, oh, boy, I'm glad that's over with.
1: And would that desert period be the same thing as the dark night of the soul?
2: Yes, exactly.
1: You also talk about in one of your books how um, we have different levels that we live. And the level of adulthood seems to be very much this desert or dark period. Can our planet also be going through these different level stages, or is that... Oh, 20%? yeah, absolutely.
2: No, no. The the planet goes through its own uh, contractual agreement, too. You know, everything around us, too. Animals, seasons, you know, everything's in order. So does the planet. I, I, I'm telling you the truth. I even said this on television that... Uh, I have never read, I mean, even before the recession hit uh, bad, that the last three years, and I'm not an astrologer, but there's something that's been sitting on top of people uh, for the last three or four years. Just, you know, people are tired, they're discouraged, they're and then the recession hit, which made it worse, but my spirit guide says by January through June, everything starts
1: popping upward. This coming January through June, yes, will start yes. lifting upward. When you're saying something's sitting on top of us, that, that begs the question of, um, is it a dark energy? Is it entities? Is it just a mindset and a consciousness that we're all holding that is creating that pressure on top?
2: Probably. It's just probably a test. You see what I'm saying? It's just a test that just, because people used to, you know, get together. And I remember in Missouri when anything happened, you know, we all ran out the street and talked to each other. People do not connect anymore. We're we're so, we're isolationists, you know. Where I'm from in uh, California, the fences get higher and higher, and nobody knows what anybody's doing, you know. I mean, it's... It doesn't mean you want your whole house full all the time, but the people just don't care. I can remember when my grandmother died, everybody came over with food, and, you know, people just don't give a damn anymore. They're so into themselves and worried about themselves. But uh, rather than looking at this recession as being a bad thing, I think it was really a good thing, not that I'm... I'm not heartbroken about people that have had to lose their homes and things, but we were riding so high, something had to happen. It was just getting ridiculous.
1: And and often our greatest breakthroughs come through the breakdowns, even in our systems.
2: Absolutely. And when we get through this, maybe we'll start... You remember the day when everybody used to sit around at the table and talk, you know? And now people run in, or they did, and... Uh, you know, grab a plate, and one went to the bedroom, and one went to the TV, and one. Nobody sits and talks to anybody anymore.
1: How do you think uh, the the whole advent of technology, with now texting and twittering and facebooking and cell phones, is that helping us connect more, no, or is that no. keeping us from connecting?
2: No, I, and that that's making us more isolated. You know, all we're doing is looking at a. Uh you know a Blackberry, or whatever it is, and we're all we're doing is just seeing words. I've been talking to people and they're sitting there texting that's so rude, you know I mean it's just crazy.
1: I have had um some people that have said that the texting and all of this technology is part of the way that we are as a race supposed to move into a method of more mental communication, and that this is kind of a preemptive. Um, precursor to that. Do you, uh, does your guide or do you feel that maybe no. this is a way we get to more of a mental telepathy at some point? No, no,
2: I don't. I think it's too technocratic. I don't mind if people talk on their phones or, or text once in a while, but you get these, you've seen them, they, they're texting everywhere. I mean, you can't even have a conversation with them.
1: Oh, even the little ones, it's amazing to me how fast their fingers move and it oh I know
2: it? it's it's just crazy. It'll be the point that nobody'll even have a voice box anymore. you know if you don't use something, it goes away.
1: My guest today is Sylvia Brown. You can have a psychic reading with Sylvia or Chris, her son, and they have specials that are going on. You can contact their office at 408-379-7070 or go to the website sylviabrown.com. A psychic reading with Sylvia is very much like meeting a long-lost friend whom you've loved deeply, making your soul glad to make contact again. This friend seems to know everything about you, accepts you for yourself, and knows what to do about anything that troubles you. Sylvia is a spiritual, soul Healer, She reaches into your soul, washes out the pain, repairs the damage, then gives you the courage and direction to continue your journey through life. Connect with Sylvia Brown at sylviabrown.com. We'll be right back with our last segment and last questions for Sylvia.
0: The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 11-11? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444... 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com.
3: Preparation 2012 and beyond. What does it mean? It means living your life from the authentic self. It means being who you were born to be. It means living a life of joy and self-confidence. Tune in to Elena Radford and Preparation 2012 and Beyond every week. Elena will deliver the tools to personally transform your life to prepare for 2012 and Beyond. Elena is the pioneer of a new dimension of healing, using her skills as a shaman to support the evolution of new men and women. Preparation 2012 and Beyond is broadcast live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern on 7th Wave Network
0: taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at one 472 5795 Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Join
1: Sylvia on a spiritual journey to the mystical lands of Israel and Egypt, October 17th through 30th. This is a trip of a lifetime, and the last time Sylvia Brown will be traveling to this part of the world. In addition, you can spend the day with Sylvia at her spiritual salon, held at her North California office. There will be a trance with Sylvia's spirit guide. If you'd like to have a reading with Sylvia or Chris, her son, they are having specials and you can contact their office at 408-379-7070. In addition, connect to all of her audios, books, videos, her wonderful newsletter, and all of the wonderful offerings that she has at her website, sylviabrown.com. Sylvia, what would be the message that you would most like people to have? right now with all Well, I, I
2: think the one that I told you before that, you know, love God and do good and then have the decency to shut up and go home. I mean, I <laughs> <get> that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and and that's probably it because we we often go too far with our words and it gets us into trouble. Yeah. But many times I find um that a lot of people are wandering out there not quite sure what they want and you have written that so often we don't ask the right questions.
2: Yes. Yeah, well, you know, I think if you just ask God to give you what you need, it it will come.
1: <laughs> and w- do we need to be really specific about that? Is that something that um No,
2: because God already knows. See, I always I always kinda of smile to myself when people say, Well, I've told God all about the you know, this God doesn't know, that God's some faraway being that doesn't know anything. He knows everything before, after, in between, everything.
1: When God gives us a spirit guide or someone uh, or angels that that surround and support us, are these right. are these beings uh, ones that contract with us prior to our coming here? Oh,
2: sure, both uh, all of them do. Even the spirit guides, they all we all contract together to come down,
1: and even are they, with
2: all the people.
1: And are they beings that we have known prior? And, and... no,
2: angels are a different phylum. Angels don't incarnate.
1: They don't incarnate. No,
2: see, uh, your, your uh, ancestors or your family don't go over and become angels. That's like saying a cat becomes a dog. No.
1: And and there are many different levels of, of being... Angels, of yeah. ...of angels.
2: Yeah.
1: How would you explain the negative occurrences or um, when we have individuals on the planet that seem to do such harm, what... Is this just a contract that they're fulfilling for our own growth? No, no, growth?
2: those are those are. It's not the devil; those are dark entities that separated from God. I guess you might say in the very beginning, although that because there was no beginning. But they separated from God, and they're dark entities. And the way you can always tell a dark entity is that they're always right. You know, they can never be wrong. You're always wrong, and they're right. But the the and rather than going to hell, because it is hell at the end of this schematic, which is reincarnation, my guide says they'll just be absorbed into the uncreated mass of God, where you and I will always keep our individuality.
1: And what do the dark entities want? Is, there, is, well, is Do they, they, they have want, a purpose here?
2: Well, yeah, they're like heat-seeking missiles. They just want to destroy you. They can't kill you, but they can make you sick. Haven't you ever been around people that just... Drain you, and you just can't get away from them fast enough,
1: oh absolutely, yeah, and is there something that the average person can do to protect themselves from that- ki- soaking up that kind of energy
2: yeah well when when you encounter well, of course, the white light every morning helps you, but when you encounter this entity is see sometimes they're very cunning you know they become very seductive you know you like purple teddy bears they love purple teddy bears and then after they uh, marry you or get you in their grasp then they can really make you sick like i've said in my lectures you know i talk a lot about health i said people can make you sick and if you make a list of all the people that you know you know, like on the left side of a page, and then you put on the right side of the page, how do you actually feel? Don't let your intellect get in there. This time you use your emotion. Say, do they drain you? Do they make you happy? Do they make you tired? Do they make you sad? And when you get to the negative, then get rid of those people. I don't care if they're family or not. That doesn't mean you, you're you cruel. You just, You just ignore them. Get busy. Don't be around them.
1: And how do we teach our children? Because I know a lot of the kids coming in right now, they're very gifted. They they are oh, very yeah. intuitive. They're like
2: warriors.
1: And and these little warriors that are coming in, are they coming in to balance out a lot of that negativity? Absolutely,
2: as as that? absolutely. They're very, very advanced souls because I mean, you see kids at three and four, I mean they know more than we knew, or at least what I knew at twelve or fourteen, you know. I mean they just they've got it.
1: How, as parents, and what is the best thing that we can do for the types of children that are coming in now?
2: Well, I have a book out about psychic uh, children, but, you know, you just encourage them like my grandmother did with me. You just encourage them, you know, rather than saying, oh, that's just your imagination, because kids will come up and tell you about the other side. They'll tell you about where they lived before, you know. They They just have volumes of knowledge, and... See, parents try to be nice and, let's, you know, the kid will come in after the parents have a fight and they'll say to the mother, what's, what's the matter, Mama? And, of course, she's trying to protect the child and she'll say nothing. Will this then deny the child that they were right I, rather than saying, well, your dad and I just had a little, you know, disagreement? Then at least it validates that the child knows that they're, they're right on track.
1: So even if a child has not personally witnessed something or heard something, they feel it in some way.
2: Absolutely. Haven't you ever heard uh, mothers say, I've said the same thing, when you feel the worst, the kids are the lousiest, well, because they're feeling the energy. You and know, children are little energy. So are animals. Children see things we don't. Haven't you ever seen a baby stare over the corner or an animal or whatever? They oh. see spirits, you know, because they're so recently from the other side.
1: Oh definitely. And and animals are that way too, so we can we can base um, the the reactions and the emotions that our animals are having. Yes. What is what is the best way to really encourage our communities to wake up a little bit more to the needs that our children have, the needs that our society has, in just really continuing to evolve.
2: Well, not being so busy with your life, you know, because they're only small for a lo- uh, just a very short time, you know. And my grandma used to have a saying. She'd say, you know, dust will wait, but children won't. Um, and take time to sit with your children and talk to them. You, you'd be surprised at how much you learn from them.
1: That's wonderful, Sylvia. And I want to ask one last question. What do you think has been the biggest lesson in your life?
2: Oh, God, there's been so many. I, I don't think there's any I have missed. Uh, I I probably would say patience.
1: And is that is that a lesson that, that you have mastered or is that one we're still working on?
2: Oh, I think we always work on them. I think when it just as soon as I think I've got it whipped, then something else comes along. I don't have any patience for bigotry or uh, uh, ignorance or, uh, you know, prejudice. I, I just don't have any patience for it, not at all.
1: Well, Sylvia, I want to thank you for being on 1111 Talk Radio. It has been a complete honor to have you here. And Oh,
2: well, it's been please... a wonderful pleasure.
1: Please grace us with more of your wisdom and all of your uh, wonderful books that continually come out. I'd like to urge my listeners to go to Sylvia's website, sylviabrown.com. Also find out about the trip that's going to Israel and Egypt and get yourself uh, on board to have a wonderful spiritual experience. You can also get a psychic reading with Chris or Sylvia and contact their office at 408 379 7070. Sylvia Brown is a world-renowned spiritual teacher, psychic, author, lecturer, and researcher in the field of parapsychology. Join me next week and we will have more wonderful discussions on 1111 Talk Radio. I'm Simran Singh. Be
3: well.